Cougs has. All right, Kansas State week. Houston's looking to bounce back after a tough, heartbreaking loss. Let's get some insight of what's going on in the Little Apple. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who can't stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can listen on the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. It's your, that's where you found us. It is so good to see you again. Uh, remember to hit subscribe. We're trying to do a giveaway every 250 subscribers. The next one of those is at 1750. We're up over 1660 right now. Hit subscribe to help us get there. Like and comment the video to let us know you are in the contest. If you don't know what to say after hearing about Kansas State, if your jaws on the floor, or if you're just too excited getting, you don't know what to say about the game, tell us if. Hmm. Okay, honestly, controversy today. Tell us if you put your right shoe on first or your left shoe on first, or if it even matters. Okay, today we've got a fun guest. Scott from the Bosco Boys podcast comes on to talk about Kansas State. Let's jump on in and get to it. Hey, Scott. And we are joined here by Scott McFarland of the Bosco Boys podcast, covering all things Kansas State for over five years. I got that right, Scott? Yep, over five years. Uh, it's been a wild ride, uh, but but I love it, man. Over 700 episodes in those five plus years. Uh, we'll see if we get to a thousand. I don't know if we'll get to a thousand, but we'll, we'll probably get to at least eight hundred. Well, uh, while Kansas State continues to be a flourishing athletic program, I'm sure it'll be a fun ride to wherever, however far it goes, and I, and I hope it takes a, takes takes you a long way. Um, Scott, I've got to ask before we get too far into all of this thing. Before last week, have you ever seen a football team alternate quarterback series after series like that? No, uh, at least not in college, man. I, I, I kind of go back to my own football career and like I think back to like the seventh grade A team, uh, <laughs> very first game of the year. We, we might have seen something like that, but it truly was wild. I, I was in the stadium and, and I have season tickets. You know, I, I'm a fan. I'm not a big Jay Journo. So I'm sitting right there, you know, in the stands. I'm not in the press box and I go to the games with my father and uh, you know, Avery Johnson came out there for the second drive. I was like, well, okay, I'm a little surprised you scored a <laughs> touchdown. Here's Avery Johnson. Then you have Will Howard, the next one. Then all of a sudden we're just like, oh, I guess this is just what we're doing. Uh, and it worked out. I, I don't I don't know how much the guys liked it. I don't know how much Avery <laughs> liked it. I don't know how much Will Howard liked it. But uh, as a fan, I sure enjoyed it. So talk us through, because I've been kind of astounded at this – Openly uh, in my Wednesday and Thursday episode, I both I said in both. I think it's hard to game plan for as an opponent. You don't know who you're going to see. You kind of have to have two different game plans because they do separate things well. Um, what has the journey with the two quarterbacks? I mean, Avery Johnson's a highly ranked freshman recruit coming in. Well, Howard's kind of the the vet, the savvy guy. What has that year been like for Kansas State? Honestly, it's it, it's been wild. So Avery Johnson, not only a highly rated kid, one of the highest rated football recruits we've had uh, since Josh Freeman, uh, but he's a Kansas kid as well. And in K State fans, they really have they're really drawn to in state recruits. So being able to get that, get Avery Johnson, beat Washington, beat Notre Dame, beat LSU, beat some of these blue blood and blue blood adjacent schools for him, it, it was just fanfare from the beginning. 
and he had a massive uh, first game where he's running all over the place. He's throwing, you know, balls on a rope, and we're thinking, all right, he, he's the real deal. Uh, you, you see him versus Missouri a little bit, a couple design runs, and, and, you know, that game's a loss, and immediately it's a loss where Will Howard had an interception. Will Howard, uh, you know, slid very early in, in a play where you think, oh, maybe he could get some more yards. He was obviously banged up. So the controversy kind of started there with some fans. Uh, you lose a game. Uh, the quarterback's banged up. He makes some mistakes. So there's some grumbling going on. And then really after the Oklahoma State game, and, and you don't, we don't see Avery Johnson uh, from that Missouri game. You know, going into the UCF game, there, there were some rumors. Man, Will Howard's hurt. We might see Avery Johnson starting. No, Will Howard plays. He runs for close to 100 yards, gets a couple touchdowns, has a great game. You go into your bye week, and then that Oklahoma State game happened. Three interceptions, including a pick six. Uh, lost to a team where K-State fans think that's the inferior opponent. Granted, that's Mike Gundy's zombie. Uh, you know, <laughs> Oklahoma State figured it out after that. Um, so it's not looking as bad. But coming out of that game, K-State fans are grumbling. They're like, all right, what's going on? What are we going to do? And then you go to Texas Tech, and again, Will Howard, you know, he he's okay. I, I wouldn't even call it bad. He was fine. But then Avery Johnson's coming in. He's running for 30 yards untouched. Uh, Tech is putting nine guys in the box, and he's able to run for a touchdown. Uh, and, and he just looks unstoppable. So it really has been the stereotypical, you know, quarterback controversy. And then, of course, you know, last week, ESPN QBR, Will Howard, the number two quarterback in the nation, Avery Johnson, number six. Uh, so no clarity at all, but it, it has been a wild ride. And I feel for Will Howard because he's a guy who did not play very well uh, as a true freshman, true sophomore coming in for injured Skylar Thompson at different points. Quite frankly, he was not good. Quite frankly, the fan base had already, you know, sold him off. Um, you bring in Adrian Martinez, he gets banged up, and then all of a sudden Will Howard takes off playing like a quarterback that we we didn't think uh, he was capable of. And he celebrated, carried, you know, out on fan shoulders after beating a top 10 uh, Oklahoma State team, like 49 to nothing or something like that last year, wins the Big 12 title. Uh, so it, it really is a topsy-turvy soap opera of a quarterback controversy. And uh, as long as they both keep playing well, it's a fun thing. If yeah. one of them starts playing bad, it's bad. No, you, you talk about playing well, and, and I don't mean to – Put words in. You kind of yada yada the game that I'm t- focused on here because you go- went right past Texas Tech. Five <laughs> rushing touchdowns? Yeah. Five? Five. Yeah, and, and I didn't mean to yada yada past that because, again, <laughs> uh, that is a feat that had only been done by one other guy, by a quarterback, and that just happens to be our offensive coordinator, Heisman finalist, Colin Klein. So, again, I, I didn't mean to do that, and he did it as a true <laughs> freshman. So I, I, I do kind of apologize for that. But uh, he is a special kid. I, I don't want to take anything away from him. I think there's a chance that Avery Johnson I, – I don't think it's a chance. Avery Johnson is the single greatest athlete to ever play quarterback at K-State. That includes Michael Bishop and Colin Klein, who were Heisman finalists. That includes Josh Freeman, who was a first-round draft pick. That includes Jake Waters, who threw the ball over all over the field. Avery Johnson is the real deal, uh, and, and he's doing all this. He, he is having this success as a true freshman, and it is extremely exciting. Uh, I just kind of wish <laughs> – I, I wish it wasn't because Will Howard had kind of disappointed because coming <laughs> into this year, look, 
on my show, and, and I'll admit, I, I played into the hype. I, I played into it all. I'm not going to try to say, oh, it was some media thing that I wasn't part of. Um, there was hype around Will Howard. The, the conversation was, what does he need to do to maybe get to New York? Could he be a Heisman finalist? Could he be a ring of honor type guy? Could he be a first team all big 12 guy? That was the talk coming into the season. So when you have these high hopes, whether you should have had them that high or not is a different conversation. Um, the, the story, believe it or not, is kind of him underachieving to that and not what the freshman did, uh, regardless of those five touchdowns, you know, yeah. versus Texas Tech. Well, and it's interesting back and forth. Um, not to keep going, there's a whole bunch of other guys in the field besides just the quarterback. And I guess I want to wrap the quarterback talk with, as someone who's fairly dialed into what's going on, a passionate fan yourself, do you see them doing the alternating series again this weekend? Are they going to shift that some? Are we going to continue to see more Avery Johnson? Has Will Howard earned his spot back? What do you think's happening this weekend? Oh, man. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if, if someone like busted in here, put a gun to my head and said, all right, draw up what you think is going to happen to quarterbacks. Uh, I'd make sure my affairs are in order. I'd make sure that my dog Johnsy has, has a great place to go. I'd be like, all right, mom and dad, make sure you take care of them. Give them lots of toys. Um, I think Will Howard's going to start. I think both guys will have multiple series in the first half. I don't know if it will be one for one alternating. I don't know if, if it'll be two for Will Howard, one for Avery Johnson, uh, one for Will Howard, one for Avery Johnson. K-State's up 28 nothing at halftime. I, I don't know what the situation's going to be. I don't actually think it'll be 28 nothing at halftime. Uh, but I think we're going to see both, and I think whoever they deem to have the better first half is going to get the majority of the second half, whether it's Will Howard or Avery Johnson. All right, I want to take a moment to talk before we get too far in talking with Scott about Athletic Brewing because they are changing the non-alcoholic beer game. Their non-alcoholic brews taste just like the real thing, win awards at and contests and things like that with all kinds of brews from all over the world as well. So make sure you go to athleticbrewing.com, use code Locked On to tell me essentially to get you 15% off your first order. My favorite here is the sour. If you're looking for something nice and refreshing on those hot Texas days, get a cold non-alcoholic sour. You can have as many as you want, as many as you like, with no worry about what's going to feel like later that night or early the next day or anything like that. You can take them on the go with everything you're doing. You can go to the park. You can go to the ball game. You can go to the office. You can take Athletic Brewing wherever you're going. It's near beer. AthleticBrewing.com. Use locked, locked On for 15% off your first order. That's code Locked On AthleticBrewing.com. Near beer. All right, so we've got you excited about the game at this point. I don't think we would go too, too terribly far to get you into it. But let's say you're going to make the trek up to Kansas and go to this game in person, and you need to find some way to get tickets. You go to GameTime.co, down the, download the GameTime app today, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 20 for $20 off. Game time is the best place to find last minute tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from receipt before you buy it. So exactly what to expect. All prices are the total up front. There's no guessing about what the extra hidden fees and those kind of things will be. And you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. 
Game Time has all the best deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after most events start, it's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals for tickets at football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Uh, zone deals come if you pick the game, uh, pick the section, and Game Time ends up picking the seats. After that, for an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets to Game Time down the Game Time app today. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code Locked on college, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We will see someone kind of uh, get the bulk of the snaps in the second half after it being relatively even in the first. And I'm going to guess it's Will Howard. Quite frankly, I don't know. Uh, that's not necessarily what I want. I want Avery Johnson to run away with this because. He's going to be here next year, and he's the dynamic athlete. He could go for 99 yards on any given play. But I think Will Howard's going to play well enough that he ends up getting the bulk, bulk of the snaps in the second half. I, I just think it's an interesting concept because, like, you know, it's just not a, a thing you typically see at a high-powered, you know, Division One program, especially one that, like, frankly, has reasonable hopes, I feel like, of, like, having a shot at the Big 12 title, right? It might not be a Vegas favorite, but I wouldn't say it's too far outside their own possibility. Have to move on a little bit because there are some other guys in the field. One of the guys that jumped off the field when you watch them on tape, though, is absolutely the left guard. Cooper Beebe, um, 6'4", 335 listed. He looks bigger than that on the field. Um, I mentioned in Thursday's show how they have so much... Uh, they, have, they have a big preference from behind. They got like 280 yards behind him and like 115 behind the center and like it's it go it, it drum, drops off a lot as you can do across the line um they seem to be a very power focused team and he's a big part of the down blocks there what can you tell me about the i guess it's been he's been there like six years if he counts retro year the long career that has been cooper bb well i think he's technically just a redshirt senior so i think it's just five years um, and, and he actually has a little brother, Camden, who, who just joined up too. So fingers crossed he has a little bit of that BB magic. But another Kansas kid, he was a two-star guy that originally was being recruited by Bill Snyder as a defensive tackle. Uh, Chris Kleiman, we have the regime change. Uh, Connor Riley, the offensive court or offensive uh, line coach, is like, no, you're gonna come, you're gonna come play with me. And he started off actually as the left tackle. He started his career at left tackle. And I remember when the chatter last year it was like, oh, Cooper BB's going inside. Everyone's thinking, why would you move a first-team all-conference guy, an honorable mention all-American left tackle to play left guard? What are they thinking? And then he's there, and it's like, oh, that, that's what they're thinking. This might, guy might be legitimately the best interior offensive lineman in the nation. Uh, I think if he would have gone to the NFL draft last year, I don't think he, I mean, he might've been a borderline first round draft pick. And when the draft is in his hometown of Kansas city, I can't imagine how tough that was for him to say, no, I want to come back one more year. Uh, Cause he will be going pro. He, he's not going to come back for his COVID season or anything like that. Um, he, he's going to be either a late first round or early second round pick. The, he is the real deal. There was a play last week where he came around uh, you know, it, it was a pass play. He completely just put his guy on the ground and then a delayed blitzer came in and he just ushered him completely out of bounds. K-State picks up a first down. But when you see his footwork, when you see his power and when you get him pulling 
or when he's at his best, getting up to that second level, you know, double team at the first level. If he's that guy to go up and get that back or go up and get that safety, it's it's day over. You, you, you might as well just get on the ground and try to trip him up because he's going to put you in the ground on your back. He, he's the real deal. And it, it's so fun. He's one of those players where I said at the beginning of the season, because uh, I, I said this all last year about Deuce Vaughn, I said, you need to cherish every game you get to see with Cooper Beebe because he's going to be gone after this year, and you may never see a guy that good ever again. I mentioned yadi in the Tech game. I don't, I don't want to be yadi the rest of the guys. He just sticks out. I mentioned earlier, and I've talked this week on, on this show, that they love the power run play. As someone, again, who has watched every snap of these guys, what does it add to them for a listener of mine that might not have watched a lot of Kansas State football to have a guy that dominant at the point of attack on that kind of a play? Well, I, it, it just allows you to let your running backs and quarterbacks get up to that second level untouched. Uh, if you look, in, and I'm going to give a shout out to my one of my very good friends, Jimmy Goheen. Uh, he's KSU underscore fan on Twitter. He tweeted out percentage of runs gaining at least 10 yards. And in the Big 12 leaders of the top six, DJ Giddens, Treshawn Ward, Avery Johnson, Will Howard, the four guys who have the most carries for K-State are on that list. I think DJ, I I, 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 I don't want to misread any of the stats, but you have that level of guys. And when you have a guard who is that good at the point of attack and then at that second level, it allows any running play man on man. When you have a guy who can execute that well and is athletic enough to get up to that second level, uh, you're looking at runs that can go, might look at, you know, right when he hand, gets the ball, oh, that's three or four yards. All of a sudden, that's 12. Uh, and that's what he gives you. And, and I want to give a shout out to the entire offensive line because when you watch the tape, I think this is where things have really gone to the next level. When they're able to pull, when, they, when they're able to show their athleticism when they're running, that's when they're at their best. If they're going hat on hat, if they're trying to just zone block, wash you down, uh, they, they could get beat at at the first level of attack. Yeah. They can get beat right off the ball. Center, uh, you know, at the center, Hayden Gillum, he's he's a below average center, but he's one of the best polling centers in the Big 12. I'll, I'll double check my stat here, but they're rushing for uh, 230 plus yards a game, right? What has tripped them up this year? Because they're not like undefeated. Like someone's gotten to them. What, what, what get what flusters them? What can the Cougs? What can a Cougar fan hope that the Cougs do on Saturday? Yeah, so you, you got to go to the Oklahoma State game because, quite frankly, the Missouri game we scored enough. We we just did not stop them. If you're looking to trip up the offensive line, it you have to be. All right, so while we're talking about what Houston Cougars have to do to win this weekend, what you got to do this weekend to win is go to prizepicks.com. Use code locked on college to get a first deposit match up to $100 because that's the number one place to play daily fantasy sports. You can get up to 25 times your money back this football season. You can do all kinds of ways to like test your skills and knowledge with quick withdrawals and easy game plan, an enormous selection of players and stat types to choose from. The Prize Picks app is the best place to play daily fantasy sports. This week's you can do all kinds of things like pick overrunners on various stats on quarterbacks and running backs and things like that all across college and pro football. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesdays and things like that. They offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits. With Prize Picks reboot policy, the fun part about football season is that you get insurance for injuries in 
your lineup. That means if someone gets hurt in the first half, they actually get rebooted. Price Pick is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that kind of injury assurance. Make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and using code locked on college to get a first uh, deposit match up to $100. You have to be quick off the ball. You have to have great eye discipline and you need to be getting your hands on them immediately. If it's a polling play, if your defensive tackles or if any of your guys inside can get a hand on them before they're able to get out of their stance and get moving, that's going to trip everything up. And then from there, you got to hope that you get K state behind schedule and you're able to then bring blitzes and force either will Howard who has made Tons of mistakes. The, the last game, the, the game versus TCU, the first game he has not thrown an interception this year. Um, you want to get to him, force him to make an early read, a bad read, and turn him over. Or we've yet to see Avery Johnson really face a ton of adversity. Now, he, he got sacked, uh, you know, made a bad decision not throwing the ball away. And he's been hit by some big guys at TCU, uh, but we haven't seen him have to consistently make a decision with a guy right in his face. Inversely, I think, you know, you mentioned getting to them, getting some pressure on them. Um, and, and frankly, like putting some pressure on them to score too is probably important. Um, the way to put that pressure, obviously, would be to score some yourself. The biggest guy I see worth mentioning or worth worrying about, I guess is probably the better way to put it, on the Kansas State defense is defense lineman Khalid Duke, um, a 6'4", 245, defensive end now he's not a kansas born and bred guy he's from atlanta georgia um so maybe i don't know i don't want to ruffle too many feathers talk about a lot of kansas kids so no, far we still love khalid and he's <laughs> been around so we'll, we'll claim him he, he has residency what what does he do particularly well because his stats kind of stick out as like oh this guy rushes the passer but what does he do particularly well yeah, so he, he's a smart guy because he's been he's been around quite quite often, and I think he still would have his COVID senior. So I think this would technically be his redshirt senior year, and I, his best thing is his burst. Uh, he's gonna get mo- and he has a spin move and and he he can you know you know play a little hand fighting and get to the quarterback, but it's really his burst. Uh, playing versus Texas Tech last year, and last year he actually played as a Sam backer. He he had been a defensive lineman his entire career, actually got hurt in game one after we transitioned to the three-down format, and that actually allowed Felix and Udike Uzama to come to the forefront because originally it was Khalid Duke who was going to be the NFL guy. He's going to flourish in this three-down lineman being a rush end. Uh, gets hurt versus Stanford and Jerry World back in 2021. Uh, Felix and DK Uzama comes on, has a big 2021, has a big 2022. Now he's playing down the road for me for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Duke came back. He's on the line this year, and he's really able to exploit. If, if he's going up against a uh, offensive tackle who is below average when it comes to athleticism, uh, and colleges have these type of guys. You know, it's not the NFL where every single left or right tackle could probably dunk a basketball and run a mile in five minutes flat. Um, if you're going up against a guy who has good technique, he, he he's right on his mind, but he's not an athlete, he's going to blow past you. 
and he may only get one or two sacks, but he is going to be in the grill of the quarterback. He's going to force him to be moving around the entire night. If you're going to try to do a draw to the running back, he's going to get a tackle for a loss. That first step and that burst is where he excels, uh, and he allows K-State to not have to bring a ton of guys and obvious passing downs. Now, they love to bring a blitz. They love to do it, but they also like to bluff it as well. So you might see eight guys walking up on the line, and then all of a sudden it's just Khalid Duke and Brendan Mott going at you, and even Uso, the big you know, 380-pound uh, nose tackles dropping back in a hook zone as well. So uh, he has that burst, and, and, and again, if you're not ready for him, if the tackle's not ready for him, he's going to disrupt the play whether he gets a sack or tackle or not. You mentioned sending blitz. I've noticed in watching um, and trying to get a beat on what they do. It's a new opponent for us, obviously. He's new to the conference. Um, a lot of zone blitz. A lot of zone blitz. Um, and it looks like the corners have kind of gotten shifted up some of the course of the season. Um, I saw a lot more snaps recently from uh, Keenan Garber, from Jacob Parrish, um, and then Marquis Siegel. Siegel? Siegel? Siegel. Yeah, right. Siegel. Um, Talk to me about those three guys in the back half of the defense here because Houston lost to Texas, but I thought the wide receivers did a pretty good day, and, and I think we're looking to build on it. Obviously, you've got other thoughts there. So what does the back of your defense look like? Yeah, so w- you do see some of those blitzing coming from the secondary because Daniel Green was lost for the season during that Missouri game back in week three, and he was a backer who – uh, he, he basically, anytime where there's even a thought of passing, he was blitzing. He was that fourth guy coming out of the quarterback. But now you do see it coming from the corners. You do see Marquis Siegel coming up as well. And then, again, I, I would say, and I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. I hope your fans don't clip this and you know and, and tweet it at me, which if, if it happens, go ahead. But I, th- I think you, if you guys would have caught us week four um, or even in the non-con in the first three weeks, uh, you'd be licking your chops. This was a secondary that had not played together. Jacob Parrish uh, played bits and pieces last year, but more in the slot instead of as the boundary corner. Uh, Will Lee came in from the Jucos. Keenan Garber was a scout team wide receiver this time last year and only <laughs> started playing cornerback the week leading into the Big 12 championship game. And he had to play, you know, I think 20 snaps in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, again, just a guy who had not played cornerback since his sophomore year of high school. Marquis Siegel, he was a transfer in. Kobe Savage coming off an ACL injury. VJ Payne at the beginning of the year, he came in for Kobe Savage last year. He was ha- having to try to learn a new safety position. They flip-flopped him and Kobe, so Kobe now is playing the new position. VJ where he played last year. But they're finally starting to figure it out. They're finally starting to have – the eye discipline needed to not get beat over the top, every trick play, every play action pass. Uh, They have their communication down. They don't have to second guess anything. They only have to worry about what they're doing versus what the other guy is doing, uh, which they probably were early in the season. So I'm hoping now that they're at that point, um, there's going to be big plays. Look, Houston, I I think probably – uh, definitely upper half, maybe upper third of the Big 12 when it comes to like a wide receiver stable, and there's big playability there. And I have no doubts that Houston will hit one or two big plays. Uh, the key for K-State is keeping it to one or two or three, not four or five, six, um, because that is what beat K-State in Missouri. 
That is what allowed Oklahoma State to get into field goal range to kick 18 field goals and beat us. It wasn't 18, but it was like it's like five. <laughs> Gundy loves kicking field goals. Loves and, and kicking it, field goals. And it, it, you know what? It worked for him. It, it beat K-State and then beat KU the very next week. Um, so Houston will get their big plays. Um, they're explosive. I, I, I'm a fan of the quarterback. I mean, he went for over 300 yards with Texas Tech in Manhattan last year. So uh, they're capable. I, I'm sure there's going to be big plays, but it's more about trying to keep it to three or less versus, you know, having five touchdowns, all of them over 50 yards. Well, you mentioned big plays. What other questions or fears are, are there any that can't do Kansas State and the Wildcats have coming into this week? I mean, admittedly, there's part of me that hopes that there's some part of Kansas State looking past us to the big game net the week after, right? Um, but outside of that, what else could there be going on in Manhattan? So that's the big one. And quite frankly, I, we're all hoping that, that we got it out of the way with the loss at Oklahoma State. But Chris Kleiman seems to lose as a double-digit favorite uh, way more than you would think for a guy of his caliber. I think only one year he hasn't done it. Granted, I don't think it's ever happened more than once in a season. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that stays true, and uh, Oklahoma State was the one we lost. But there is a look-ahead factor because at the end of the day, if K-State were to take care of business on homecoming versus Houston, it sets up to almost a Big 12 championship semifinal uh, in Austin the following week. Um, and, and that's a massive one. That's the only team in the uh, incumbent Big 12, legacy Big 12, whatever phrase you want to use uh, for the, the pre-expansion Big 12. That's the only team Chris Kleiman hasn't beat in his five years. Uh, it, it is Texas. Um, so that's going to be circled. So, yeah, there, there's probably a look-ahead situation there. They say the right things, but before every one of these losses – uh, but they've all, they've always said the right thing. They, they've never been one to give bulletin board material. Uh, but then after the game, they say, yeah, you know, we, we, we screwed up. We, we weren't uh, focused this week and all this type of stuff. So that is a fear. The big plays is a fear as well. And then I think it comes down to tackling. So Joe Klanderman, he had his press availability today on Thursday, the 26th. And he said, look, if we have a good game of ad, as a defense, it's going to be because we tackled well. If we have a bad game, it's because we didn't tackle well. We're going <laughs> to be in the right space. We're going to be well-disciplined. We're going to have the ability to make the play. It's actually making the play. So that's where the nerves come in on defense. And then offense, look, almost every advanced stat you look at, in case it's not known for having explosive offense, I, I feel very good about the offense. If you look at just Big 12 play, so again, I'm, I'm cherry picking a little bit, but if you're looking at just conference play for everyone, K-State's number two in points per drive. They're number three in yardage rate. They're one of the best red zone offenses when it comes to touchdown rate. They're one of the best red zone defenses when you come to touchdown rate. Uh, we'll let you kick field goals, but you're not going to score a touchdown. At least that's what our hope is. So um, on offense, it's okay. The quarterback roulette catches up to you. Will Howard in throws interceptions. The moment gets too big for the true freshman. We don't have a wide receiver stable. Um, you know, <laughs> Jace Brown, a true freshman, he really got his first uh, extended playing time last week, had four for 88 yards. K-State fans are acting like, you know, he's up for the Bolitnikoff after that performance, you know, because <laughs> they've been that bad. Um, our leading receiver uh, in Big 12 play is DJ Giddens. Our number two is 
Ben Sennett, who, who's going to be an NFL tight end, but it's still a tight end. Um, I, I think you have to get to like three or four before you get to a wide receiver, and it's Phillip Brooks. So, you know, that that's where you could get into trouble. Um, I think K-State fans are feeling optimistic, and I think they should. Um, but the thing about the Big 12 and the thing about Houston is there isn't a team in this conference who can't beat anyone. Uh, if K-State were to have even a B-minus type of game, Houston only has to have an A-minus type of game because they have that level of athlete. And uh, despite anyone's thoughts on Dana Holgerson, he's come into Manhattan and won a game. He understands, you know, the blueprint of what it takes to win on the Big 12 in the road. on the road. Will he achieve it? I hope not. But he knows what you have to do to get that done. Scott, you've been previewing the game on your own show. You do it each and every week with the Boss Coast Boys. Tell people where they can find you, the work, et cetera, if they want to get more on the Kansas State perspective. Yeah, so at Bosco's Boys on Twitter, uh, we've been going uh, five days a week during football season. We'll probably keep that up all the way through December. Um, every Any place that you can listen to a podcast, listen. I'm not as cute as you are, so I'm not on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, but any place you can listen, you can find it. Um, at Bosco's Boys is our uh, Twitter account. I'm at Scott Wildcat, uh, you know, tweeting more than I should. Uh, but but it's fun. I You can interact with me. Um, if you think I've been too dismissive of the Cougs and Houston wins, don't block <laughs> anyone. So if, if folks want to take their victory lap, uh, I, I will allow you to take the pound of flesh as well. Uh, but but I, I, I just I enjoy talking sports. And uh, when my come up at come up and comes, uh, I, I'm here for it. I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, but that's part of uh, being a college football fan. It's part of being a college sports fan. You know, sometimes you crank the soldier boy, and sometimes it cranks you. <laughs> sometimes it cranks. That feels like an episode title. Sometimes it cranks you. Thank you for coming on today, Scott. Again, at the Bosco Boys Podcast, wherever you get your audio pods, a uh, great way to get some insight on the Kansas State Wildcats. Thanks again for coming on tonight, Scott. Anytime, Parker. <laughs> Thank you to Scott for coming on today and talking all things Houston Cougar football against Kansas State and giving some insight into Wildcats for this weekend. Again, that's the Bosco Boys podcast. He and his dog record that one. That's a fun thing to listen to as well. Great for insights on the Kansas State Wildcats. Make sure you subscribe to this show. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day here at Lockdown Cougs. For a second listen, I'm going to recommend Lockdown Big 12 so you can hear about the rest of the conference as well. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Lockdown Cooks is a proud of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and that means your team every day. Go Cooks.